Modern Black Man Podcast. Hello. Welcome to another episode, Modern Black Man Podcast. Today, I have a very powerful topic of conversation. I'm really excited to get it going. Um, I think that most of us have a social media account. I think most of us have interacted on social media at some level. And I wanted to have a conversation uh, with people about the different dynamics um, of social media in our lives. Uh, For my first co-host, I am joined by someone who uh, has professional experience uh, out of this world who has a life experience out of this world, a spiritual, uh, a loving heart, uh, a, a really good and caring uh, woman, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Miss Tiffany Porter. Thank what you for joining. Great introduction. Thank you so much. You know, it's nice to have my introductions appreciated. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, I, I appreciate you very much. Uh, I wanted to get your perspective. I know that, um, Social media is a really big topic. Uh, it can be really, really ambiguous. And mm-hmm. part of why I wanted to bring you in is just to hear, you know, your takes on um, social media. Um, what kind of role does social media play in your world? Well, I would say um, the overall thought of social media is a, a gift and a curse. So when it was introduced, you know, me being an 80s baby, it was something new. Um, I I don't think I really um, trusted it as much in the beginning. And then it kind of just took a life of its own and we were thrown into it. Um, And now I think as, you know, years later, we can now see the um, bad side to social Mm. media, things that can, you know, transpire from um, what is just might seem as a harmless um, point of view post can really rub people, um, you know, the wrong way or leave people wondering. It can definitely be, um, you know, a, a, a fire starter to where you just maybe can put something very vaguely posted and get people chatting and discussing things. So it's, um, I think it's, great but i think uh, the disadvantage to the younger generation is you know i I explained to my children that it's much different than when we were growing up you know you could transfer schools or move to a new neighborhood and start kind of fresh whereas now in this age of social media um things follow you you can easily get googled and everyone is connected some way somehow um, and oftentimes it's through social media. So sometimes you say, I have real friends and I have friends that I have never met, but are friends through social media. So. Absolutely. I think that that's, that's a, a powerful thought. Um, that theory of what I call permanence. Uh, mm-hmm. You have a, a digital footprint. And mm-hmm. just like you say, for a young person, um, <laughs> I have a, I, I definitely have a story to follow up, but as a young person, they have their experiences and their learnings and their mistakes. And some of those mistakes are mistakes that we had the benefit of living in private. And because Absolutely. of social media, it make it's like a snapshot of that mistake. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like you said, it can either stay with them, be viewed, be attached, or mm-hmm. uh, liable to be revisited because it's um, cataloged, you know? Uh, we document everything in our lives. So, I mean, that's really, really powerful. It's like, it's like we set these young people up for a life of achievement, but most of them are not achievers. <laughs> okay, right. I mean, if, well, if, well, if they're getting, achieving, <laughs> just not maybe the, the things that should be desired, like the desirable, achievable things. They're making, they're, they're hitting some milestones, Yeah. Um, you know? I agree. They, they exactly like they're they are doing things, and um, I just think that the things that we're motivating our young people to do to document uh, aren't the things that dominate uh, our conversations or our culture. Um, 
But absolutely, I agree with that uh, theory of permanence. I think that that's uh, super powerful. I mean, the story I was going to tell you about was about a uh, student I had. Um, This young man was, I've had a couple (laughs) students, actually, but this young man I'm talking about, he liked the attention. He loved Mm -hmm. to be the center of attention. He loved to, to, to shock and awe people. And I remember I met the young man when he was only 16 and Mm -hmm. and, uh, this was in the state of Indiana. And this fool, I remember coming back a couple years later, he was probably 18 or 19. He was on the news. He went from just being kind of like that local celebrity to really getting on the news and people catching up with his shenanigans, doing stupid Mm. stuff, you know, Uh, going to stores and smoking weed uh, on the Internet so he could get followers and people to, uh, you know, know him type stuff. And it's that theory you talk about of permanence. Good Mm -hmm. kid comes from a good family. Um, As far as I knew, even had good grades, but he wanted to make those silly decisions. And that's all people knew him as. And it led him all the way to, you know, to to start getting an introduction into into the system. You know, he he's getting right. busted, uh, going to jail and stuff, and people looking back at your track record and how foolish you look. Um, but you know, I just want to say mm-hmm. um, to kind of um, stay on that topic. But in today's society, we kind of have made um, social media a platform to where yes. people can become famous like Instagram yes. famous or you know um, now we have the big thing is TikTok I don't know if you're a part of the addiction but I have since COVID a little bit before COVID but definitely now since COVID I am truly addicted to TikTok Ooh. and it's just um, it, it's it's just something that happens but I can remember with um, what's the young lady the catch me outside girl from um, baby uh, bad baby yeah so she's now famous. We, we've created this platform from the show. And then she started going. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, I'm being told by the younger kids that she does music. And, all, yeah. and I'm like, oh, in my mind, I'm still thinking she's connected to um, the show with Dr. Phil, you know, Catch Me Outside. And she's this, you know, little white kid um, giving off the urbanist vibe um you know being upset and it was kind of like a laugh and everybody you know really underestimated the power of just because then there were memes created and we created this buzz for her so then we're teaching kind of through negative reinforcement because it was through a bad behavior that she you know she she was fighting her mom and not doing right and then now she becomes a millionaire so what have we set the tone for her exactly psychologically you know, that she can go out here, cut up, act a fool, and guess what? She's going to get the followers, and then these platforms like YouTube and TikTok, they will pay you for views and people subscribing and liking. So um, we've created a monster. I think that that's exactly it. Uh, We incentivize uh, that, that crazy behavior because we can't stop watching Right. Um, but see, here's here's the kicker, though. Whether we watch and discuss or we watch and we're amazed, guess what? It still calculates in their bank account to generating funds. So at the end of the day, it's kind of back to the student that you had to where it, it, it doesn't matter what I'm doing as long as it's generating what I want, which is a profit which is the 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 um someone to recognize me the fame yeah. that's what is wanted so regardless it's kind of like you know bad press is good press you know as long as somebody's talking about me it doesn't matter kind of having that kind of hollywood frame of mind that you know as long as they're talking about you you're good any press you, you know press, whether right? yeah you know and that's really um not good but then let's think about the employment side to this to where now even in you know searching for jobs how employers are checking your digital footprint Mm -hmm. to see if you are or what about the people that will make a racist you know action or do something and then they're losing their jobs behind it because they think what they do in public is separate from that job that they have and then it's like but the Karen and think the other people because I think that yeah. there, there is a certain amount of privacy that you earn as a pub, as a private citizen I understand mm-hmm. if you're a public figure maybe you lose a little bit of that but if I'm a uh, I don't know a janitor 
if I'm a small business owner, even a plumber, someone who I think has a right to privacy, I don't think that I, I think that you're voting do- that you're voting with your dollar. I don't want to do uh, business with Bob the plumber because he's supporting Donald Trump and he got Confederate flags on his website. Okay. I went on his Facebook page and I saw boys riding in Harleys and uh, <laughs> look, looking like they, they really appreciate what Trump's doing. That, that, that informs me and I can make a decision. I think that's different than going after a teacher or going after a, uh, 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 someone who's, who, who, who serves their communities and um, digesting their... So let's talk about that. Because mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying, but I'm definitely on the other side of the spectrum. I'm all for privacy and I believe in it. You know, I'm, I stand for it. But here's the thing. You set up a significant role. You said a teacher. So this is someone that is educating you know, I don't know the grade level, but just think about how important a, a teacher's role is with anyone, whether it's kindergarten on up to high school. Um, for you to have a teacher, and I can remember back to my, um, of uh, I had a first grade teacher that was very, I didn't even know what racism was really, but I knew that she was racist. It's like it was, it was something in me mm. that I knew that when I walked in there, she... Um, and, and for some reason, I feel like I caught it worse because there were other black kids there, not a lot, but it was yeah. something about me being, um, Aware. well, not even that. I think it was something with the complexion with her, like, because I was like, so light, what the old folks say, damn near white, that kind of irritated uh-huh. her the more that she was just so mean to me. And, and I remember, you know, having conversations with my parents about the mistreatment. In that young age, and I remember them saying, you know, well, this is a good neighborhood and, you know, you just got to do good and, you know, things like that, because they're trying to fit me in to where I am kind of like a true minority because I'm not going to school with mostly African-American, you know, children. Mm. So I already stick out for that. Then here it is that, you know, I have this teacher that's, you know, just she, she was just awful, mean. And as I kind of got older, she, she her, the vision of her, my the the time she spent with me, I have still in my almost forty years old now have not forgotten about how she made me feel, how uncomfortable she made me feel, um, and I think as a young child, um, it, it did something to me. I, I don't I don't know. It just wasn't nice. Now, right. if I was a parent and I had and we had social media back then, like how we had you know, back in the 80s. Um, like, I, I wish that I could have known that she just didn't care for whatever, you know. Because but what do you thing, think there would have been on I, a social, on a digital footprint for her that would have clued us in on her negligence? Well, sounds. I just feel like people oftentimes hide behind the fact that they are unidentified or, or they're just with a clan of people. You know what I'm saying? It, it's like they're not as active as um, they might choose to be when they know that their face and name is attached to it. Like, do you still feel that way? And, and are you still as passionate about your views when people know that that's really how you feel? Right. And, and that's exactly my point. That's exactly it. You can hide behind the group. Yeah. I think social media uh, now, um, racism is toxic because it's tolerated, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost expected to a certain degree. So I, I, I definitely think that that's one of the, uh, I don't want to call it a danger of social media, but I think that's an effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think groupthink works that way. Um, so when you have social media, you have an, a beautiful and engaging platform, something that's mm-hmm. so convenient in our pockets that uh, permeates our culture. We all do it every day. It becomes so much easier to, to pass ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our election proved that. I'm not trying to make this a show about the election, but I think that's like the best uh, analogy because we were entirely controlled by another nation um, because they knew how to work um, our social custom better than we did. We have people spending billions of dollars on campaigns. Uh, Donald Trump won. He got his his dollar went the furthest uh, as far as a business decision. I have to concede that to to the evil uh, egomaniacal president. 
Mm-hmm. So do you think that it's more so that they were just more savvy with the social media or we as a people didn't really want? I know what fake news do you know what was. They did? Do you know what they did I- on these farms? They race bait. They had you know, hundreds or dozens of people in different areas working different campaigns. Uh, one of the campaigns that was very effective was the uh, African-American vote. Um, they, they played black people uh, and then they, they pandered it to the white voters. Um, didn't you see how divisive and polarizing it became when Trump uh, 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 was really uh, gaining in the, in, in the polls? Uh, it was because social media, they were playing ads that really appealed to those voters. They uh, portrayed, I believe, um, Americans as more ignorant than they truly were. And it won a campaign. Correct. But that still goes back to um, the mindset for me is, isn't that the true art of war? Like, you know, to really like, like when you really think about it, if I'm warring or if I'm at odds with somebody, um, it's kind of like the saying that you really don't know a person until you have to um, face them in, in, in battle or combat. You really get to see the caliber of the type of person they are, what type of integrity they have, because you can yes. test it by how dirty do they fight. So yeah. I think we underestimated and we gave too much credit. Um, but I suspected that all along. And I don't know if it's because, you know, I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist anyway, but I don't, I'm not too trusting of anyone in any party, you know, because it's just that is the the true the true act of espionage, right? We want to send somebody in that can be like a sleeper cell to look like them, sound like them, and gain the information, the intel, and bring it back so that we can have the upper hand. That is the DNA of the U.S. of A. So for them to be so surprised (laughs) that somebody else, you know, did it or is in cahoots, it, it, it amazes me, and I'm not surprised. Um, I was one of the ones that was saying from the sidelines, you need to not, um, and, and let me just state facts. Before this whole thing, I was a big Donald Trump fan only because mm. I, you know, read some of his books and I do, I, 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 I get the business side of him. So when everybody was underestimating him and saying all this stuff, like I knew that we were in trouble. And I said, oh, my God, you got to take this guy seriously. And I remember having um, a conversation (laughs) with um, especially with my dad, who I'm not even going to say what party he's affiliated with. But I just thought that, you know, like this, this, this is a threat here. And um, I think a lot of people slept on him, even his own party slept on him. So, you know, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say, but I was one of the ones screaming from the sideline. Listen, folks, we need to take him serious. We need to pay attention. We, we need to really, like, everybody really underestimated him. And that's like the biggest, wh- what's the saying? The, the biggest thing that Satan did was to make people The greatest think that lie the devil ever told. ever told was that he didn't exist. Exactly. So it, I knew it was going to happen. And look, look, now look where we are. Yeah. And I want to also um, acknowledge my other co-host who's in the building. Um, She is a phenomenal mind, great perspective. I wish I would have did this uh, uh, earlier in our episode, um, but I wanted to go ahead and get us settled in and get the conversation started. But we are joined by someone who uh, knows the inner workings uh, uh, of the mind, um, someone who... uh, loves human behavior and I wanted to engage her in this conversation, Miss Melanie Broomfield. Whoa, whole government. But yeah, hype me up. Yes, yes <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Ready for some good dialogue with some good people. Absolutely, sis. But um yeah man, we about to I, I really want to talk about some things, man. Like social media is um I think it's a big deal for people that don't use it. Uh, I guess that comes across to me as uh, people are intimidated by social media. Have you noticed that uh, my mother, let's talk about her. She thinks that the government's going to know everything that you do in your day. They're going to have this uh, new one up uh, based on social media. Do you guys feel that simply having a social media account or presence uh, either makes you more vulnerable 
or in and of itself is uh, the beginning of an overshare. So let me say this real quick. Um, are you speaking as if it hasn't already occurred? Because I do believe that we've, they've already had that intel. I think it's easier and we allow them to get it kind of voluntarily um, by the way in which we use social media. But I just want to share really quickly a little bit that I can share is that years ago, um, I have a family member who was very mm -hmm. high up in the CIA. And it was always known that before you go over this person's house, be careful what you say, be careful what you do, because at the end of the day, even you, you just don't know. So it was kind of always like, okay, remember where we at. And at the end of the day, you really don't know, you know, whether anything is bugged or just be mindful of things you say. Cause sometimes, you know, you forget, you get laxed, you know, you get around your family, you start talking about old times or, or something current, you, you don't know, but it was always explained to us, you know, wait a minute, you're getting me excited because <laughs> I know about some of these government programs. And Absolutely. Have you Absolutely. ever heard of a program called Echelon? I'm saying it. if you're listening, government with your satcoms or any computer systems, I'm willing to put that out there. And I'm very serious when I say this. We are the best in the world. We have been the best in the world at uh, espionage, at reconnaissance, at information gathering. We are that country and we have always been that country. We will never lose that position because we created it. But uh, Echelon is the program I'm talking about. Is, is that is that kind of the program, one of the programs that you're talking about under that umbrella from our government? So it's really funny that. So it's really funny that you say that, and we've had this conversation before. I am not going on record saying that I am aware of any anything, <laughs> but I'm glad that you did to let yeah, people yeah. to let people they know. Come get me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you know, um, but I'll say this knowledge is definitely power. Yes, it's real though, it's real, mm -hmm. very. And, and 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 like I say, uh, I as a true American, uh, my country will never lose that position, uh, and it's because we are willing to um invest and, and, and again, we we drive the technology that we create, uh, we literally outsource to other countries. Uh, the scientists, the engineers are actually better, that, but they don't do it the American way. And that's what we have been thriving upon since our existence. I think that a lot of us forget that this country was, was, was created. Uh, we came, <laughs> some of the most precious cargo, the ones that really built this institution of greatness, were, were, were brought from uh, the, the world's crown group. Um, so from that continent, we have always remained but uh go ahead i just I, I just wanted to put that out there. I do think that there's someone knocked my door. I got a little scared. I swear to God somebody did. I'm talking about the government <laughs> outside my door um, hey b look, I'm checking out my window now. I ain't fooling mm -hmm. with him <laughs> he done put my whole government on this whole thing. Oh, right. I got a <laughs> I got a package. Uh -huh. you do. Be careful. You better shake it before you open it. <laughs> Man, I got scared. I ain't gonna play. But let's focus. I guess you think because you give them the kudos, you giving them their props, that that's gonna make it all right. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Oh, okay, it's my internet. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry. Okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I do think that that goes on. I do think that, we, that if you didn't see this election, you, you'd have to be the fool to believe that the government, uh, one of the most powerful tools is social media. Mm -hmm. Social engineering is always going to be a hallmark of any institution. As long as there's people, we're going to want to dig up dirt on each other. Mm -hmm. So if we make it easier by putting and broadcasting our dirt online through Twitter, through Facebook, through Instagram, setting up thirst traps, uh, dealing all kinds of things you're doing with your baby mamas that you shouldn't be doing. Um, I, I, th I think that that's just natural. Uh, I'm not saying that it's organic, but I think it's inevitable, um, which is what I really want to talk about in this conversation on social media, because as you all know, <laughs> I, I, I think I've been in one of those unreasonable relationships. And I just think it's interesting that uh, one of the uh, mechanisms of control or manipulation that can be used is social media. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it is a effective, I think it's a very effective tactic if you're dating someone, not to let them follow you on social media. Why? 
It's the same thing that you're talking about. We know that we're showing or telegraphing our plays. We're showing our hands. And that's not what you do in a war situation, right? Well, my only issue that I have with this, and I'm going to let B talk, um, if this is somebody that you're in a relationship in, it shouldn't be the mindset of at war. Um, I think right. that... Um, you know, open lines of communication should always be practiced. And if, um, you know, what's good for the gander is good for the goose. That if, you know, what one does, it should be acceptable. Um, so I don't really see the harm in sharing, you know, social media or having like your significant other on that. But I'm also old school. So I just feel like if you just live correctly, you, you, you don't have to be afraid of things happening because mm-hmm. you're honest and communicating right exactly that's why you hide it um i want to hear what you got on that one b <laughs> when uh someone makes it so obvious that they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing that they can't be seen doing it i mean your your take on social media do we lose her mm. No, I'm showing her connector. Apologize. <clears throat> One of my uh, my phone was ringing. It wasn't someone I wanted to speak with. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say with social media, unfortunately, I missed the direct question. So let me not just. Let me let me re- let me re- let you. me repeat it. Um, yeah, absolutely. I was saying that. Um, I had been in a relationship, I was in a relationship with someone who was unreasonable. One of this unreasonable person's rules uh, was that I couldn't follow uh, her on social media um, just because it would create uh, issues. Um, I think that that's an obvious giveaway, right? That activities are probably not ones that I'd be proud of. Um. Well, I can't speak on. I don't. I don't. Not you don't have to speak on anyone no, else. I, I know that. I'm just saying that it's obvious, right? Like social media, we give ourselves away. It's a level of intimacy or trust that you have to have if you exchange uh, social medias. In my household, um, I can't show you mine if you can't show me yours. Uh, and I, I, I just, I think that some of the things that I've um, experience I know were unreasonable. I know I've had to delete friends that I had because they made her uncomfortable. I know that I was not allowed to uh, be on certain channels. I was not allowed to do a lot of different things. And it goes back to the greater point, the obviousness of someone trying to uh, minimize their damage or hide maybe some things, you know what I mean? Which is responsible, right? I don't agree. <laughs> I'm going to say... I think I think you're asking so many things in this one piece, but what I remember the original conversation to be about is how our social media alerts other people, you know, like what we're doing or, you know, but honestly, our social media tells people what we want to tell them. Like some people probably right now right. think I'm in a whole relationship, married, five kids, homeowner, all of that. You see what I want you to right. see on social media. So at any given moment, right. I can especially when I was in a relationship, I was always posting niggas ain't sh- laying next to my nigga, my, my, my significant oh, wow. other, you know, because right. I mean, just sometimes things resonate. It doesn't have to resonate with my right now. It could be right. from a past experience. It could be a lot of things that just, just because I agree or I think a post is funny or because I post it doesn't mean that it relates or it has something to do with my right Thank now. Um, when it comes to relationships and um and social media, I think if you can't share your social media with your significant other, then that's not the significant other you should be with, in my opinion. Right. I can't, I'm not speaking for anybody else's situation, but I feel like, how are you going to be able to share it with strangers, but you can't share with somebody you sharing saliva and, and body fluids with? Like, that doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me. Right. For somebody to be so close to you, but you don't want me to see, but you can let people that don't even know you into... What your how how your mind is working? That's just strange to me. Um, I don't know. I enjoy social media. I feel like it's it's a new come up. Like people are at home right now making money that yeah. went unemployed because of this pandemic, but are able to make money because of social media, because of how how influential 
how many households and they can get into just from a post. One post exactly. from a bed. The money is in influence. Yeah. Uh, social media influencers are cashing out billions of mm-hmm. dollars. That's that's money that's just created in its own industry. Absolutely. But um, I was listening to your point. I just I got excited thinking about that. Man, I was thinking about uh, Instagram. <laughs> I think it's like one third of social media use. I used to be much better on these numbers. Uh, check out Golden Associates podcast. Uh, I, I talk about uh, how many millions of users they have on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, where these different platforms are going. And then just knowing that the technologies that are spurred from that. Um, Instagram, uh, if you haven't noticed, people spend more time on Instagram now because of Instagram TV. And it annoys me to watch a video that looks like it's shot from a cell phone for more than like 60 seconds. But now you can go for a whole hour on Instagram TV. And like you said, people are making billions of dollars because they're creating their own television networks. Things that are interesting to niche markets uh, all over the world. It's, it's, it's the human experience. Um, and of course, it's going to be monetized. My only question is that, are, are, are we seeing uh, the beginning of a new trend? Or is this the ceiling? Uh, and then we're going to start seeing it come down, right? Because, I mean, we can't afford to ha- turn everybody into a social media star. And what happens when the world of social media isn't as alluring as a big league? Do you think that social media will be as prevalent? Well, I think social media is always going to be prevalent moving forward. I don't know if everybody's going to be a guru or everybody's going to be millionaires as a result of social media. But social media isn't just about, like, passion over tops and bottoms. But it's about where to buy your from your local black market it's about uh, farmers markets it's about on sale items it's about books that you should read it's about programs it's it's different things that you can access through your social media um so i don't think that it's going anywhere um it may i mean we used to be on black planet planet back back in the day myspace i mean there may be different platforms but Overall, social media is just going, I believe, is just going to grow because we're beginning to become a lot more tech involved. I think they're still around. I think, I think, I think my Black Planet account might you should, still work. You should delete it. <laughs> I think, I think, I think, <laughs> I think my space, I think, I think I'm still, I think I'm still friends with Tom. Yo, if Tom would have responded to people, people would have stayed on my space, but he never responded to people. You put him in your top five, and he said nothing. He was not appreciative. Well, here's my thing. I think the dangerous part about where we're going is when we start to um, substitute social media for our news outlets. Like, you know, the newspaper used to serve as, you know, the first, you know, point of contact Mm. to kind of get things out. And there was a Mm. level of... um, integrity to where before anything could be published it had to be verified it had to you know it had to get approved but girl the editor telling people to to drink Lysol so I mean absolutely the news is just absolutely (laughs) listen and and, and let me tell you we need to stop telling them these crazy folks to to not do it let them go ahead with their little white supremacist self go on drink that Kool-Aid go on Mm -hmm. mix it up Mm-mm. Take it to the head, enjoy. Listen. But if you are crazy enough to believe that nonsense, and and that's the thing, it's like people are becoming so desensitized to what is right yeah. and wrong. It's yeah. crazy, and I just don't understand. Have we always like has social media taken the veil off to how slow <laughs> we we are? Yes. As a nation, I know that I know the numbers are showing that you know the, the the education level for the U.S. has dropped tremendously, according you know like from you know Korea and, and China and like I see where the I see the decline, but I'm really starting to see that I see why. And and the sad part is these people having babies and they you know they it, it's just multiplying, so it's not getting no better. But to just piggyback on the news from social media, like. Just recently, like, my boy Sean King, I know I do not know him personally, but, you know what I'm saying, if you listen to this, hey, Benzel, he has mm-hmm. alerted a lot of information on Black, you know, on people of color, like, issues that's going on in NYC, you know, how, like, versus mm-hmm. the 
you know, the, the people of fair skin in the park, they're, um, the police are handing out masks and gloves mm-hmm. to them while in the Brooklyn mm-hmm. or Bronx, police was body slamming them in comparison because of the color of their skin. Like those things wouldn't have been exposed mm-hmm. had not been for social media. The results that he was able to get would not have been able to be done if not for social media news and people tuning in to an influencer that's that's very true and even like the whole movement of you know the me too the black mm-hmm. lives matter like all of this stuff was really contributed due to the fact of the, the buzz it caught on social media yeah, it's always we like were able to find out mm-hmm. yeah that's what i was saying it's definitely a gift and a curse it's just so many so many different directions i think that this world can take and i have to concede Social media has made, um, I don't know, the whole connectivity thing a little bit easier. Uh, I think during this pandemic right now, seeing videos of how to make masks and kind of arrange our resources. B, I think you were talking about uh, food markets, farmers markets. Um, Tiff, I think you were just talking about uh, shopping stuff. I mean, just those little Mm -hmm. conveniences. I think that that Mm -hmm. really justifies um, why we do this. That's how we're able to fast track that stuff because unfortunately our information is floating out in cyberspace. Mm-hmm. And it's never gone. It's never deleted. Um, back to the conversation with the younger generation, you know, we live in an age to where everybody is always tax season and everybody's searching for receipts. You think you post it, you think you take it down. Once you come back to reality, it was only up for 20 minutes, but guess what? Someone done already screenshotted it, saved it and, and put it out there. Yeah. So what you think is gone it's no. I think, and, but that's that's another catch twenty two because that holds people accountable. Like, yeah, you mm-hmm. might have thought about it and been able to take it down, but why did you put that up? Like, let's let's unpack that. Why was that appropriate to post in the first place? What were you thinking when you put it up, ma'am or sir? <laughs> what's going on? Well, what happens? So, what do you think about? And I'm just thinking about to um, Kevin Hart mm-hmm. when he got to a certain you know point in his career Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden this post that he posted it back a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. about like a homophobic you know post that he was you know in his right you know to say how he felt at that time Mm -hmm. um and then it's resurfaced and everyone you know wanted him to do this you know um applause and you know he was set to host the what was it the was it the oscars i think it was the oscars I think it was the Oscars. So here's the conspiracy of it all. It's funny how that post from years ago resurfaced right before he was supposed to get, you know, to to do this thing. And they were like, oh, well, you got to, you know, apologize or you're not going to be able to host. And I think he would have been, what, the first Black person or since, like, in, like, a long time or maybe the first one ever. I can't really recall. Mm -hmm. But it was a huge accomplishment. He was excited. He had already, it had already been put out there that he was going to do it. And then all of a sudden, something from years ago comes up about, I think it was like, and he's being funny now. Now, this is Kevin Hart. So I do think he was honest in what he was saying, but I think he put it out there just being funny, like, oh, if my son was to tell me, you know, whatever, I'll punch him in the throat or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. But I think it was in a hee hee ha ha moment. Mm-hmm. He was just trying to be funny. He didn't, he, he wasn't malice with it. He, he wasn't really trying to hurt people. But that comment from years ago cost him the ability to be able to, take on that engagement to add that to his resume and he lost sponsorships he lost like it just was a lot going on and I just think um I just think it's sad because people get offended so easily with stuff and it's like you know I don't know I just want to know what you all think about it like how something can come back from years ago and affects you like like you just posted it that day um, I think that's another catch twenty two because if he if if he would have posted something you know racial or any you know what I'm saying like if a, if a person that wasn't a, a person of color had said something racist three four years ago and they tweeted it and it, and it got deleted and we, we would have wanted it to be resurfaced like no that's how you really feel and then we would have mm-hmm. expected some type of no apology even though that that may not be your current where you're at now but at one point in time you felt like that and I feel like that's that's the world that we live in like sometimes private thoughts need to stay private and I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. 
I, that he deserved it, however things transpired. I'm just saying that if the shoe was on the other foot and it was something about people of color or, you know what I'm saying, that was disrespectful, or if it was about putting Molly all on her drink, she didn't even know it, like, stuff like that, like, that shit is offensive. And some stuff, yeah, he, he, ha, ha, it's funny, but, like, sometimes it's really not. Like, it's hurtful. You don't know people's experiences, and you just gotta kind of just, there are consequences to how you feel. You have the right to feel however you want, but you also have the right to, to deal with the consequences that come with those feelings and those thoughts that you've mm-hmm. expressed to the World Wide Web. So the rule of thumb is if if you feel like you will be embarrassed by it or um, not want to take the ownership of it, mm-hmm. you shouldn't post it. Yeah, or how how is it going to make somebody else feel? Like, how is it going to make somebody feel? Or put in a, a, a caveat when you post it. But how can you be responsible? Because, you know, everybody has a, a feeling. Everybody gets their feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, so how can we kind of move about without we, we're going to hurt somebody's feelings like, you know i think, I think um, a caveat or just accepting like hey this may affect me in a particular way yeah like, i don't know i just i feel like i feel like kevin hart yeah we love him he's doing a great job he's doing all the things he needs to do but i think that that moment showed him like people you're not untouchable like regardless it don't matter right. how big you get like Mm-hmm. You gotta watch. It should have been an alert to all the youth in the world. You have to watch right. what you post because absolutely people are watching, yeah. ready to use what you say against you. But I don't understand how mm-hmm. we're empowering the audience, and and I think that's the value of social media is that it, mm-hmm. it empowers the audience because all these um, free voters uh, can now take real dollars away from Kevin Hart. Those same people that voted for Donald Trump, those same people that are distrustful of progress and liberals as a whole are, are the ones that end up winning in those situations. Um, I just think that it's a complicated argument, but that's needed. Uh, I don't want to see my man Kev get hit in the pocket. I don't want to see anything work to his detriment because I like what he does. But I think that that's a very real thing uh, when you empower the audience. And we have to be aware of that. Like you point out, uh, this whole call for accountability. Think about how it makes other people feel because this platform is free. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when, when I look at it, I think that's the only um, obligation of responsibility I see in social media is that I know I'm engaging in something that I haven't paid a dime for. But with the right outcomes, you might be able to make some money. Uh, You know, this podcast, you know what I mean? All those different marketing efforts where you can make money from publication. It's it's a a real thing. And I I do think that there is that uh, responsibility, just acknowledging that you didn't create this technology. You didn't pay for this ride. um, So make the most of it. But isn't that like the true American dream? Mm-hmm. Like you can come here with nothing yeah. and wind up a millionaire. Yeah. How bad do you want it? What access do do you have to make it happen? So it's kind of like it still rings true. Like social media is kind of very patriotic yeah. in the sense that you can literally upload an innocent moment with your family, your friends, and it can go viral. Like before, we always... Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So it's like we can all, it's just kind of like that thing. And I think that's the one great thing to being an American, that we have those freedoms to kind of have that platform, to have a stance and to be able to debate about certain topics and discussions and share viewpoints to kind of see how other people feel about certain topics. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, I think over to like over in, um, North Korea, you know, social media to them is kind of non-existent. They, they're, they're not even allowed to really know what else is going on, even in their own land, let alone internationally. Yeah, like North Korea. So, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, so I feel like people get so offended, but really, honestly, I'm thinking from the mindset, it's a privilege to even be offended. <laughs> you know, like you, it's a privilege to be able to just read something and it rubs you the wrong way. 
Like, who wants to live in a society where everything is just spoon-fed and you got to drink the Kool-Aid and, and be cool with it because you really don't know what else is outside of do that. And if you were to question, do I... Do, do either of you follow Riza Islam? You were talking about uh, news being spoon-fed to us or kind of like outlets being tainted or blunt or whatever. I'm not... I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, me either. Have you either? He's good. It's a young bro. I think he just turned like 30 this year. Uh, he's from D.C. Uh, Muslim. He's a uh, Muslim. He's got really good uh, um, <laughs> perspective on some stuff. A young guy, and it's uh, uh, a good, good new kind of uh, energy for that information. If anybody uh, knows uh, of whom I'm speaking with, please like leave some comments and talk about that. But go ahead. I just, I just was going to ask that question. Sorry. Mm. I forgot my thought. Look, <laughs> um, you, but you had a good thought. You were just talking about news outlets. You were talking about how people get used to information being spoon fed to them, and how social media gives us an opportunity to uh, inject some of that real because uh, we allow other mm-hmm. people to control the narrative. And that's when I got excited talking about reason Islam because um, dude is always on uh, talking about vaccines and. Uh, I know he said mm-hmm. something about this corona when it first came. and um, So what did he say? Did he say it's just the 5G networks or, or what is his view on, on that? Man, I, I or what's your personal view on COVID? Oh, don't get me on a, a, a real tangent. But, uh, <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I have my conspiracy uh, fear um, mm-hmm. uh, of, of COVID-19. And I'll wrap that up real quick, right? I think if this was like some unfortunate bug that was created by a government I think that no. I think that it covered the world rather quickly I think that uh, it wasn't done and it got out of containment luckily the mortality rate is under 30% and not going to uh, uh, lose a third of our planet but if that's what this was I think the next wave from an airborne virus is going to be a water and then I think a, a, a cyber, uh, um, you know, uh, attack to follow that would really be a way of a, a, a government if they really wanted to do something crazy. That's all. That's wild. I know that's out there, but if I had the chippies and I could attack like that, it would go down like that. Oh, Lord. Hmm. I mean, that's really my take on uh, on this. Though it's a it's a bug that wasn't finished being developed, and um, it's a it, it's it's tragic. It's like a nine eleven every day for like the last what month? It's going on two months now. Like two thousand people are dying in America like every day. I honestly think it's been here. So here's my conspiracy with it. Um. I think that it has been here longer than what was reported. I think they very much know what they um, were dealing with. And I can remember to me getting very deathly sick back Mm. in January. (laughs) And I remember feeling like literally like life was leaving me. That's how I've never been that sick in my life. And I honestly do believe that I did have COVID. Um, now, the funny thing is, is that when I did go to the um, the hospital, they tested me for COVID. Well, a strand of COVID. And I didn't even really know, like put two and two together, you know, um, it, it said it was negative. But at the same time, when now that is, you know, everyone's getting it. And when I look at the um, symptoms and things like that and I think back on how sick I was I really truly thought or can I really truly think that I've already had it yeah I I think we all feel you know a lot of people I talk to we feel that way I feel that way um I had this vicious you know cough everybody in my office had it like in December it was like uh, November or December when I think it was really going around DC and Actually, I think it was right when you came back from Cuba. So I think you started that. To be honest with you, now that I'm thinking about the timeline, 
I do remember. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> this uh, <laughs> this whole whole bug thing it's it, it, it's been crazy. I think social media has uh, helped me cope in the early goings with it because it was cute for like the first five days. Remember when it was like quarantine day one? We were doing dance <laughs> videos. Like like everybody was chilling. Like it was all about like what dance are we gonna do tomorrow, right? And then after the second week, when everybody got tired of doing the electric slide, we had to figure out if we were going to cure this thing. And I think social media really helped out because at first it comforted us, right? All, what are the five stages of grief? I think we went through them all. Um, but yeah, social media definitely played its part in the beginning. I think helping me understand my resources. I mean, we do what people do. If this is the only way we can communicate from a distance, um, we already had the system in place, right? It just worked out that way. All these uh, food delivery companies, I know people are getting hydroponic uh, plants delivered to themselves uh, right now in this uh, time of social distancing. You can order supplies uh, mm. online through social media, your, your medication, you can get your dogs. Walk. You can do anything that you that you wanted to do, uh, given uh, COVID nineteen from Instagram. I promise you. So I mean, we had the system in place. We knew what we knew what we built it for. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate you guys kind of having the conversation with me. Um, does anybody have any social medias that they want to drop? Mm mm. Look, mm-hmm. <laughs> I need my job. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Chubby Aegis Elba. Mm-hmm. You already know what it is on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like that. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-